tonight. Psalm 68 is where we'll be tonight. A lot of great verses in this psalm, verse 19 being one of them. That's not our text tonight, but Psalm 68, 19 ought to be a verse that we have underlined or put to memory. It says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. That ought to be a verse we ought to have close at hand, close at heart. Psalm 68 tonight, we're going to look at just the first six verses in the psalm tonight. So let me read those if I could tonight. To the chief musician, a psalm or song of David. Let God arise, let His armies be scattered, let them also that hate Him flee before Him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away as... Wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Sing unto God, or excuse me, verse 3, But let the righteous be glad, let them rejoice before God, yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God, sing praises to His name, extol Him that rideth upon the heavens by His name, Yah, and rejoice before Him. Father of the fatherless, judge of the widows, is God in His holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. And so tonight, we want to look at that first phrase. You can answer it if you need to. I don't know who that was, but... You, can t- you need to take your blood pressure medicine, Brother Wesley. Psalm 68, we're going to fix our attention upon those uh, first three words in verse number one. Let God arise. You know, I believe with all my heart that a lot of the ills and problems in the lives of Christians, not unbelievers, because they, they don't have God yet. I believe a lot of the ills and problems in the lives of Christians would be taken care of if we would let God arise. If we would just let Him have His place in our lives and see Him for who He actually is and for what He can actually do in our lives. If we just let Him arise, boy, it makes all the difference. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to help tonight. Got a good group of kids tonight. Got a great group of teenagers tonight, and uh, just so thankful for them, and let's pray for them as well. Father, we love you tonight, and we're grateful. Uh, Father, we, we say that. We say that we love you, and Lord, I believe we truly do. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to manifest that the way that we should. If we love you, we'll keep your commandments. And so, Lord, I I do believe we have a heart that loves you. And if we do, Lord, help us to manifest that by being obedient to you. And, Lord, we're here tonight to hear from your word. We want to hear from you tonight. We want to hear from your word tonight. And we want to be helped. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be attentive, 
And Lord, I pray that you would teach us and speak to us tonight, not from this man, but from your word. And Lord, I pray that we would truly, as your children tonight, I pray that we would let you arise in our lives. Father, I pray for that one that might be here tonight, maybe even in this auditorium, who has never come to you, who has never come to that moment of salvation. They've never called upon the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Father, I pray that tonight might be their night of salvation. Lord, I pray the same for our children and our teenagers. No doubt we have some kids and some teenagers who need to be saved. I pray that that would be the case tonight in their lives. I, I pray for our kids and our teenagers who are saved. I pray for them as well that they would truly allow you to arise in their lives, to be preeminent in their lives. Boy, to make such a difference, make such a difference in our perspectives and how we live and how we respond to things. And so, Lord, I pray that you would teach us that tonight. Remind us. In many cases, we just need to be reminded of that tonight. And I pray that you would. Father, we commit these next few moments to you. We ask that you would hear and answer and bless as only you can. And Father, we'll give you praise and honor and glory for what you'll do in these next few moments. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The thought at the beginning of Psalm 68, those first three words there, the thought is that the beginning of this psalm is a reference to the ark being returned to Jerusalem in the days of David. Now, I don't know that for sure. I do know that it's a psalm of David. It's a song of David. I don't know for sure that this is the occasion because in all of Psalm 68, there's much millennial language in it as well. References to the millennial, references to that thousand year reign. But the thought is that possibly this could be a song that was sung when the ark was being returned to Jerusalem from the house of Obed-Edom. The ark of the covenant we know was a symbol of the presence of God. And it had been taken away from Jerusalem for some time in 1 Samuel. The Philistines take the ark and we know in, I believe it's chapter number 4, that's where Eli gets the word that the ark has been taken. He gets the word of the death of his sons, but he's not as concerned. He is concerned, don't misunderstand, about the death of his sons, but he's more concerned that the ark of God has been taken. And we know that he fell backward. He was on a chair as a big man, the Bible says, and he fell backwards and his neck broke and he died. And one of his daughter-in-laws has a child. And the, what would we call, um, the midwife maybe we would call today, she tells his daughter-in-law that, hey, you've had a son. Your husband has died, but you've had a son. And it just, it doesn't comfort her. And she names that son Ichabod. The glory has departed. Again, a reference to the fact that the Ark of the Covenant has been taken. The glory of God has been taken. But the Ark was just a symbol. It was just that. It was a symbol of the presence of God. It wasn't the presence of God, but it, it was a symbol of the presence of God. And how glorious it would have been for the nation of Israel, for the Ark of God to be brought back to Jerusalem. We know they began to bring it back and they brought it back in a wrong manner. They brought it on a cart. Remember the first time? They put it on a cart. They had the oxen pulling the cart. The cart, the oxen stumbled and the cart 
shifted a little bit. And the Bible says that one of the men, Uzzah, put forth his hand. And what happened to Uzzah? He died. Great story there. It's not the message tonight, but a great story there. Good intentions never, ever trump God's instructions. They had good intentions of bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. But they did it in a wrong way. They did it in the wrong manner, the wrong fashion. They did not do it the way God had told them to do it. And good intentions, as good as they may be, never, ever, ever trump God's instructions. We ought to remember that tonight. God's Word will always stand forever. doesn't matter how wonderful our intentions may be. But they did it the wrong way the first time. And then the second time, David, he knows. He says, you know what, we're going to do it right this time. And they do it right, they bring it back. And so what a glorious time that would have been and possibly this psalm would have been sung at that time when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back. But they did not need the Ark of the Covenant to have God's presence. The Ark was a symbol, a token of the presence of God. But they didn't need the Ark to have God's presence. Submit to us tonight, we do not need some symbol or some token to have the presence of God. We simply just need to allow God... To arise, to let God arise in our own lives. The Bible says in, let me see here, verse number 2. It says, as smoke is driven away, so drive them away. Speaking of the enemies, as wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the what? At the presence of God. And so the question and the application for us tonight is simply this. Do we allow, do we let God arise on a daily basis in our lives? Is He present with us continually? Because if He is, it makes all the difference. If we allow Him to be present, whether we have a token of His presence or not, but if we allow Him to be present in our lives daily, communing with Him in His Word, in prayer, in communication with Him, if we allow Him to rise, by the way, being obedient to Him, one of the greatest ways we allow God to arise in our life is to be obedient to Him. Well, I pray and I read the Word. Okay, do we listen to the Word? Joshua 1.8 there are three words. When we study Joshua 1.8, there are three words that we ought to remember. Study, submit, and then you have success. You cannot leave out either of the first two and have the third. You cannot leave out study, and you definitely can't leave out submit if you're going to have success. One of the greatest ways to allow God to arise is to submit to His Word. He tells Joshua in, one, in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not what? Depart. This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein how? When? Day and night. The, thou mayest observe. Here's the submit part. That's the study part. Meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe. That's the idea of obedience. That's the idea of observing what I have studied. That thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then 
thou shalt have good success. And so the question tonight is, do we let God arise every day in communion, in obedience, in study? Because it makes all the difference. And I want to show us tonight three things that happen when we allow God to rise in these six verses. We, we, you may be able to pick out many, many more. But we're going to look at three things tonight. We'll develop those a little bit. Number one, when we let God arise, when we allow God to, to arise, when we let God arise, God's might is exercised. When we let God arise, God's might is exercised. Boy, get the picture there. Let God arise. My brother and I, when we were little, we'd be playing in the living room, we'd be wrestling, and my dad would be in his recliner. Came in from the barn and had supper, and, and when he was finished with that, he would go to the recliner. And he'd recline, he'd rest for maybe about an hour, then he'd go to bed, but he was in the recliner. And, and me and my brother, we'd be in the floor, we'd be resting, we'd be doing something, we'd be playing. And uh, occasionally we'd get wrestling, just we'd be a little bit too loud, a little bit too rambunctious. And we'd hear mama from the kitchen, Don't you let them break the, 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 the lamps! Don't you let them break the lamps! And he'd say, boys, and we'd calm down for a little bit, but then it was back on. And we'd be wrestling again and wrestling again. And if we heard that recliner smack, you know how it smacks when it comes down? Oh, if we heard that recliner smack, because what's getting ready to happen? Daddy's getting ready to rise up. And when that happened, we were quiet. Sitting up straight in the floor, we were quiet Because what? Daddy has arisen. Listen, when we let God arise, His might is exercised. Two things here. The rebellious, when God arises, and they see His might, and they see His position, the Bible says here, the rebellious, the wicked, scatter and perish at His presence. The rebellious scatter and perish at His presence. The Bible says, let God arise. Let His enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate Him flee before Him as smoke is driven away. What is smoke driven away by? By the wind. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. First of all tonight, when we let God arise, God's might is exercised. The rebellious scatter and perish at His presence. Secondly, the righteous. What do the righteous do? The righteous sing and praise in His presence. The rebellious scatter and perish at His presence, but the righteous sing and pray in His presence. Why? Because they've seen His might. They've seen Him exercise His power, His omnipotence. And what do they do? They praise Him. Look what the Bible says here. Verse number 3, But let the righteous be glad at the presence of God. Listen, as a a born-again child of God, if I am not glad at the presence of God, there's a reason for that. If I don't desire the presence of God as as a born-again child of God, if I don't desire His presence... It's because I'm not right with Him. It's because I'm not in right fellowship with Him. It's because I need to get some things confessed and get some things right. But the Bible says here, we don't have to be that way. When God arises, it should not be as the rebellious, as the wicked. They should scatter. They should flee. They should be fearful. But not us. He 
He says in verse number 3, But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God because God has arisen and we know that God is going to help and we know that God's might is there and that we know His power is going to be exercised. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Notice this. Yea, let them... What's the word there? Exceedingly. Exceedingly rejoice. What does that mean? You know what exceedingly means. Over and above. It's not, well, thank you, Lord. Oh, it's way more than that, isn't it? Exceedingly rejoice. I was just going to be transparent tonight. When I watch Tennessee football and they score, I rejoice. And I do it exceedingly. I wish, and I've told you all this before, I wish last fall in October when Tennessee finally beat Alabama, my son Jonathan was home by himself. We were in North Carolina at a Bible conference. And it was, of course, it was a Saturday. And I had to preach that Saturday night. And we had to leave the house at halftime. At halftime, Tennessee's winning. Tennessee's playing great. And I'm thinking, okay, they're, but, but, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, but it is Tennessee. They always find a way to lose. And so we go to church, and it's me and my wife and Josh. We're there, and we go to church, and we preach. And at the end of the, the service, after the message and everything's over, they had a time of prayer for the next day, for the next Sunday, because the, the next day was friend day. And so they had a time of prayer for their friend day that was coming uh, the following day on Sunday. And so we're praying. Actually, we had finished praying and the pastor was making some announcements. And my phone buzzed. And it was Jonathan. And for my first thought was, he knows we're in church. But then my next thought was, okay, is that a good buzz or a bad buzz? But I wish, oh, I wish, I wish we had a camera in our living room. Because y'all think Jonathan is so quiet, and he is most of the time, but he's not when he watches Tennessee football. And he's home by himself, so I have no idea what was going on in the living room. You know what? We do that with sports. Man, when, when our kids played soccer and, and uh, out at Ripley Parks, Parks and Recreation, they played soccer. And Paige played softball for a couple, or for one, one year, right? One year was enough. But she played softball, a little t-ball softball, and then the kids played soccer. I'm going to tell you what, when they scored, what are you going to do? Woo! There was one night, Josh, when he was, I don't know, he was probably six or seven, he was playing with the real little kids. There was one night, Josh scored seven goals. What do you think proud daddy did? You think daddy was just sitting over there? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. No, I'm, I'm shouting! Okay. Then why can't we do that when God is so good to us? The Bible says exceedingly rejoice. 
when he exercises his might and he exercises his power. And by the way, he does it every day. If we'll stop and look for it and think about it, he shows it every single day. He exercises his might and his power. I'm amazed. Look how he cares for us and how he protects us. You think about it, and I think about this many days, you think about all the different directions that our church family goes through in a day. Different places that they work, different activities, going places with kids, and all the different directions and different uh, paths that our church family takes every day of the week and how God protects. He exercises His might every day. And the Bible says the rebellious are going to scatter and they're going to perish at His presence. But the Bible says the righteous should sing and praise in His presence. Rejoice exceedingly. Listen, you're in the car and you're listening to a good song. You're in the car and you're listening to preaching. And by the way, if it's just you in there, definitely... There ought to be some exceeding rejoicing in there. But if it's you and the wife or you and the kids, there ought to be some exceeding rejoicing going on in that car. Here's the problem. Many times with many Christians, we're listening to the wrong thing in the car. We don't have anything to rejoice about. We're not listening to the right thing. We're not listening to preaching. We're not listening to good Christ-honoring music. And so what do we have to rejoice about? Because the world's music is nothing but death and despair. Yeah. I've told y'all this. Y'all should know it by now. But if you play country music back, what, what do you get? Get your wife back. You get your dog back. You get your happiness back. That's, that's doom and gloom and despair. Rejoicing exceedingly. Number one, when we let God arise, God's might is exercised. Number two, when we let God arise, God's mercy is experienced. God's might is exercised. Number two, when we let God arise, God's mercy is experienced. Look at verse number five. Sing unto God, verse four says, sing praises to His name. Verse five, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in His holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Some, some believe and, and, and some think that last phrase there in verse number 6 is a reference to those who stayed in Babylon instead of coming back to Jerusalem. They stayed in a dry land instead of coming to where God wanted them. I don't know if that's the case, but something to think about. He says the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Number two, when we let God arise, God's mercy is experienced. First of all, experienced by those in need of a father. He said, I'll be a father to the fatherless. I had a good daddy. I had a good father. You know, there are scores of individuals that grow up on this earth. They don't have a good father. They don't even know who their father is. They don't have a good daddy. They don't have a daddy who took them to church every week. And not just to any church, but a church that preached, preached God's Word. They didn't have a daddy like that. They didn't have a daddy who would take them fishing. They didn't have a daddy who would stop at the store almost every time we went by a store 
to get a drink and a candy bar. I had a daddy like that. You know what God says? He says, I'll be a father to the fatherless. You didn't have a good daddy? I'll be a good daddy. I am a good daddy. I'm the best. By the way, as good as my father was, I have a better daddy. And my daddy was good. And my daddy was good to me and good to my, and good to my mom and good to my brother and sister. But I have a heavenly father. He said, I'll be a father to the fatherless. Look, when we let God arise, His mercy is experienced. It's experienced by those who need a father. It's experienced, secondly, by those who need a family. He speaks there in those verses. He said, He setteth the solitary in families. The, the thought there, and, and I give an example. You think about Hannah in 1 Samuel. She couldn't bear children. The Bible says here, God setteth the solitary in families. He opens the barren womb. Now, He doesn't always do that. But God's mercy is experienced by those who are in need of a father, by those who are in need of a family. By the way, again, when a person comes to the Father, the Heavenly Father, they gain a family, don't they? Hey, we'll be a family to you. By the way, that's why it's a shame when somebody gets saved and who might be just a little bit different than we are or maybe grew up a little bit different than we did, they're kind of ostracized a little bit until we think, okay, they're with us now. No, they need somebody to come right at the get-go. They're babies in Christ. They need somebody to come and to help them to grow in Christ. They need a family, right? Experienced by those who need a father. Experienced by those in need of a family. And then thirdly, experienced by those in need of freedom. Look what the Bible says in verse number 6, the latter part. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. When we let God arise, God's mercy is experienced. By the way, does His mercy ever fail? Can we ever use it up? Well, the Bible says it's new every morning. It's fresh every morning. Well, I don't want to use all of God's mercies today. No, no, no. Use it all because it will be fresh tomorrow. You, you probably, just as I do, you probably need to use it all today. And you'll get fresh mercy tomorrow. When we allow God, when we let God arise, God's mercy is experienced. Well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't ever see God's might I don't ever see God's mercy. Well, when was the last time you let God have His proper place in your life? When you actually let Him arise and be preeminent and have the proper position, the reverent position in your life that He deserves. As Uzziah, as Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 6 when he speaks about Uzziah dying, he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord also high and lifted up. That's the God we serve. Now the world wants to bring Him down to our level, right? That, that, that's what the world has done and continues to try to do, is to bring God down to our level. They pervert grace. They pervert who God is and His holiness and His righteousness. And we ought to see Him high and lifted up. When's the last time we saw Him that way? God, I shouldn't do that because you deserve better. 
God, I shouldn't say that because you deserve better. God, I shouldn't act, like, act that way. I shouldn't look that way because you deserve better. When we let God arise, God's mind is exercised. His mercy is experienced. And then number three, we'll be done. When we let God arise, God's majesty is extolled. God's majesty is extolled. Look at verses 4 and 5 again. The Bible says in verse number 4, Sing unto God, sing praises to His name. Extol. What does it mean to extol? It means to admire. It means to lift up. Almost carries a little bit the idea of exalt. But it says there in verse number 4, Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. When we let God arise, God's majesty is extolled. Very similar to what we spoke about in number one. We're going to sing and we're going to praise in his presence. We're going to sing and we're going to praise in his presence. Let me help us a little bit if I could. When we come in here on Sunday morning and Sunday night, it shouldn't take us the whole song service to get ready to hear from God. Oh man, those old hymns, they're dry. Yeah, they're dry because of what you listen to during the week. If you listen to Christ Honor Music during the week, we'd come in here on Sunday morning and Sunday, Sunday night and we'd be ready to sing. We'd be ready to praise. We'd be ready to lift up the name of Christ. Pastor, you all not talk about music. Oh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it very soon. Pastor, music is controversial only because we allow it to be. It's not controversial with God. God's not up in heaven wringing His hands about music. Well, I don't know what we're going to do about this matter of music. It's so controversial. It's not controversial with God. It's controversial because we allow it to be. It's controversial because we allow our opinions to come into play. It's controversial because we have a man's opinion about, well, the Bible doesn't really say a whole lot about music. Okay, if it doesn't, then the book that we're in tonight, we need to take it out. And by the way, all 150 of these psalms, we need to, we need to cut those out because that's all music. But pastor, music, the, the bad stuff is just the words. Oh, no, no, no. Music. The instruments. How do you know that, Pastor? Because Saul brought David in to play. Not words, just music. And the music changed his spirit. Our spirits and our moods are changed by the music we listen to. It's changed by the music that we listen to. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we need to extol God the way He deserves to be extolled. With our words, but with our actions, the things we listen to, the things that are dear to us, the things that we cherish. Oh, but I just don't have a taste for that kind of music. You listen to it long enough, you'll get a taste. You listen to it long enough, you'll get a taste. Because God will change your taste. He'll change it. 
My mama made me eat green beans long enough to my taste change that I liked them. Seriously, I didn't like them. I don't like green beans. You want to throw them up out of your mouth? You throw them up, I'm going to spank you. You throw them, throw them up. Keep on crying. I'll give you something to cry about. You ever heard? Did you ever hear that? I love green beans now. And I really do. I don't live with my mom anymore. She doesn't make me eat them. You know, you listen to what's right and let it change your spirit. You get a taste for it. By the way, the Bible says in the Psalms, it says He hath put a new song. A new song in my heart. When does He do that? He does that when He lifts us up out of the miry clay. He does that when He saves us, when the Spirit comes to abide. Because see, the Spirit doesn't want to listen to the stuff I used to listen to. The Spirit wants to listen to something better now. And He wants to listen to praise, songs of praise that extol God. When we let God arise, God's majesty is extolled. I get it. Look, the message tonight is not about music, but I'm going to tell you what. We have allowed flesh and man and opinions to scare us away from talking about music. And music probably... Think about this. How long does music stay with us? Stays with you, doesn't it? So you see how important it is? By the way, in the book of Ezekiel, and I mentioned this Sunday, in the book of Ezekiel, it speaks about... Lucifer, it speaks about the devil. It speaks about the fact that he was created with musical instruments inside of him. Exodus chapter 28, verses 12 through 14, read it. But I find something very interesting. In Exodus 28, excuse me, not Exodus, I'm sorry, Ezekiel. Did I say Exodus? It's Ezekiel. Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 14. Ezekiel 28, verse number 13, where it talks about the Tabrays, or however you pronounce it. It talks about the pipes that were created inside of him. I find it very interesting. Most of the modern versions leave that out. Look it up. Look, look, look up the NIV. It doesn't even mention that. Why do you think that's so? Don't you think the devil's glad about that? That people don't understand who He really is. And the fact that He was most likely the song leader in heaven. And if He's going to fall in His pride, then what's one of the first things He's going to try to deceive with? It's with music. Very interesting. Those new versions, they leave that out. They leave out the pipes and the tabrets. It's not even in there. Because the devil doesn't want you to know who he is. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's on my heart it's going to come out. Because music is powerful. And if you're here tonight and you say, well, pastor, I, I don't believe that. The devil has already deceived you. 
to think that music does not play a role in your life. You know as well as I do, it changes our moods. When we let God arise, God's majesty is extolled. What should be extolled? Number one, His name. His name deserves our worship. And then number two, His nature deserves our worship. His name deserves our worship. What name? In verse number four, Yah. We would think of hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is the name by which God becomes all that we need. His strength, His salvation. Exodus chapter number 15. By, by the way, let me, let me read that real quickly. Exodus chapter number 15, we have the first song that is actually sung in the Scriptures. It's the song of Moses when they come through the Red Sea. The Bible says in verse number 1, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Notice this, the Lord. The Lord is my strength and song. And He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare Him an habitation. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. Look, when we allow God to arise, God's majesty is extolled. What should be worshipped? What should be extolled? His name and His nature. What is His nature? His nature is to be merciful. We've already spoken about that. Look what it says in verse number 5. His nature is to be just. His nature is to be holy. And we could go on and on. We've already spoken about a number of the attributes of God. His faithfulness, His holiness, His mercy, His love. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in His holy habitation. When we let God arise, God's might is exercised. When we let God arise, God's mercy is experienced. And when we let God arise... God's majesty is going to be extolled. You know, it would be okay every now and then when we go to prayer and we don't ask God for anything. We just praise Him for who He is. That's part of prayer. We don't ask Him for anything. We just praise Him. Now, now it's okay. He wants us to ask, right? Hebrews 4 tells us that. He wants us to come boldly to the throne of grace. He wants us to ask. Oh, thou that hearest prayer, He wants us to ask. But you know what? It would be good if I just extol His name and extol His nature. God, thank You for being just. Because of that, thank You for Christ. Because that allows You to be just and the justifier. Ah! The righteousness of Christ. God, thank You for Your holiness. God, thank You for Your mercy. Not giving us what we deserve. God, thank You for Your grace, giving us that which we do not deserve. You give that to us. Mercy, You don't give us what we deserve. We ought to praise Him. We ought to rejoice exceedingly. I pray that You'll do that. You ought to, you ought to, you ought to try it. If you're quiet, it's okay to be quiet. But you ought to try it. Maybe try it when you're alone in your car. And then try it when you're with your family. Rejoicing Exceedingly. It ought to be part of who we are, not just, not just when fleshly things happen. Uh, fleshly, I don't, I don't mean it that way. Like, like physical answers to prayer. You know, God took care of a finance, so I, I'm excited. Well, how about just being excited because of who He is and rejoicing exceedingly? How about just being excited because of His presence and rejoicing exceedingly? Don't you get excited 
in the presence of certain people. I, I get excited in the, if my wife is gone for the day or something. I get excited when she comes home. In October when I get to see Paige, I'm going to be excited to be in her presence, right? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, what about the presence of God? The fact that He's always there, that uh, he, he is, He's only a prayer away. And He's constantly in our presence. Let God arise. Father, thank You for Your Word tonight. Father, we thank You for its truth. And Father, may You help us as Your children to let You arise daily. May, may we constantly be in Your presence. Lord, may we see Your might and may we see Your mercy. And because of that, may we exalt and extol and praise and worship Your majesty. Father, we love You tonight. Thank You for who You are. We don't deserve it. We know that. But we're thankful for it. Father, help us as we pray. I pray that You'd hear us and answer. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.